Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! Now don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 106.3, Atlantis Sports and Talk. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to the finishing move on Extra 106.3, not the sportist. X, as it said, coming into the show. And right now, I'd like to welcome a special guest, Brian Hoyt, to the airwaves. Do you not talk on this show? What was with the, the, the long pause, Adam? Well, I was asked uh, at least one of my co-hosts earlier who's running the show twice earlier, and it was ignored, so I still was not sure who was running the show. Well, John's running the show. I'm taking a quiz back there. Chill out. Do the show. It's, it's fine, baby. Oh, my goodness. Who is running point? Let's start there. Because Who did you text? Who did you email? All I did was email a show sheet. I'll say that. I, we need to figure this out. We should be game planning ahead of time, I guess. Well, my headset's not working, so I'm not hearing either of y'all in the no. headsets. <laughs> oh, that's not so good. Someone's going to have to run the show good while I get this. Show is starting <laughs> off with a literal cluster. <laughs> wow, we are getting worse and worse. Audio fun bag special, folks. On. <laughs> Man, I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us, Big John Radcliffe. Adam Colwell. Adam Colwell. What? Adam Gillespie. No, Chris no sir. Sorry, sorry. How oh, dare you? You know what? Let's just start talking wrestling. We seem what, to do what, that better. Should we than... start the show all over again just no. so we can do it right this time? Well, we got an hour. That's true. We've got to use our time wisely. I wonder if he can hear us out there. Because if he can, go look at his console and see if it's not twisted to another station where it actually should be on 1230 programming. Reality Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we do here on The Finishing Move. So. It looks right to me. You know what, Chris? We're going to alter your show sheet here a little bit. You do what you need to do, sir. Honestly, we are at a very, I'm going to say a little bit sad moment, but we're not 100% sure. As we come to the end of the documentary on The Undertaker, The Last Ride, it looks like The Undertaker might have retired from wrestling. Maybe? Undertaker, as he went out there on the show, he said that the last match that he went against AJ Styles, that he said that might be his last match. Unless, in case of an emergency break glass, Vince McMahon really needs him. Colwell, do you think it's the end of The Undertaker? Do you think we've seen the last of the dead man? If you've watched this documentary, which if you haven't, by the way, I finally did Congratulations. Catch up on it. Yes, I, 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 watched, I watched the documentary. Out of baby. Fantastic. I enjoyed every bit of it. If you've watched it, you'll notice that there's an you, there's a common theme there for decisions being made by the Undertaker or real life Mark Calloway. It's that he doesn't seem to know when to quit and walk away. And I know he was in pursuit of that last like perfect match that he can you know hang his head on. And I think we all agree that the match with the Boneyard match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania, while not a traditional match was still a great send-off, especially with the way that he rode off on the motorcycle, off into the sunset. It was perfect ending for him. The question is, if a situation presented itself where he could have that in-ring match, that he thinks that he could have that one last big in-ring match, is he going to be able to say no? I for I think for everyone's sake that's been a fan of the Undertakers over the years, or Undertakers over the year, uh, years Basically, you want him to step away now because 
we've seen it match after match. Every time he looked like he was going to be a little bit of himself again, he wrestles Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and then he turns around and has the the dud with Goldberg and and some other matches. The the match with the DX in uh, was that Australia or was that a was that the one that was in Saudi? Uh, Saudi Arabia, where he took on. Uh... Uh, Goldberg was well, in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia Goldberg, he but, did Goldberg. But he did a casket match with Rusev. He's done uh, the Brothers of Destruction versus DX. That's the match I was talking about. Yeah, and then that one was, ended up being a dud, and much like the Goldberg match. And so for every time that he looks like he's getting back to normal, like the Cena match at WrestleMania, even on that was brief, and the Rusev match wasn't bad, but then he would have the match with Goldberg. He would have the match you know, against DX. So either way, I mean, I think at this point, call it a day. And, and, you know, the streak's not intact, so at this point you've got no reason to come back. On this Last Ride documentary, one of the things that we got a chance to see, and now that Adam has, I hope, alleviated his technical difficulties that are over there, on this Last Ride documentary, one of the things we got to see, and this is in my own opinion, I don't know if you guys agree, that The Undertaker was, to me, one of the last great gimmick wrestlers of his era, and he carried it. And this Last Ride removed whatever was left of that, showing him going to CrossFit, showing him going to cryotherapy. So, Adam, I wonder, does this really mean it? Because what he's done is what wrestlers haven't done or have been doing for years. He never did. You never really caught him going through the airport, going out to eat, going to the gym. You never heard those stories. Here and there you would hear them, but now we've gotten a chance to see it. So do you think he's hanging them up altogether? Yeah, I think he's done. I mean, he's not going to be even the just annual WrestleMania, the payday in Saudi Arabia guy anymore. I think he's truly done uh, in wrestling terms, which means he'll come back at any time, maybe next month or this Friday on SmackDown. Who knows? But I, I really do think he intends to be done. I think he is right. Will he be as good as Shawn Michaels at staying away for so long? You know, who knows? I think he is. I, I Unless he just... Truly, Vince says, I need you. I'm in trouble and I need you. Uh, maybe he'll do it then like he said he would in case of emergency break glass. Um, but, yeah, I think he's done. I think, And I think WWE knows. I think that's why they released this whole thing. I said after the first episode, I wonder if at the end of this he's going to announce retirement. And then, I mean, even before when he's done the stuff like leaving his gear in the ring as he exits WrestleMania and uh, another times when we thought he was done, the WWE never acknowledged it. They've acknowledged it this time, at least on social media, saying thank you, Taker. Uh, Madison Square Garden turned all their lights purple as a thank you to Taker. So the fact that finally WWE, James Dolan did something right. Yeah. So far, I think the fact that uh, WWE has released this thing, he's he's actively said it. He never said it before like this. He left his stuff in the ring or his gloves, you know, whatever. But he never said it. He has said it. WWE has acknowledged it. Uh, now, I think the question for Taker now is, is he a next-year Hall of Famer one year out? Here's the question. He's the first ballot whenever he becomes a topic, but how soon? Here's the thing that I throw out there, and tell me how you feel about it. He's the only Hall of Famer that year. As wrestling has it, you do it, and you let some of the greats induct him. You let them be a lineage of, whether it be Shawn Michaels, whether it be whoever come out and put him in and he's the only one that goes in that year. It's not a question of who's who we know he should go in immediately. We saw how quickly edge went in. And this is not to say that edge isn't well-deserving of a hall of fame, but edge went in immediately when he announced his injury and he was done in the ring. I say the next, whenever they can do another hall of fame induction, it's the undertaker by himself, 
no one else. You almost keep it a little short and sweet, and you let that one be strictly dedicated. The Undertaker is the only inductee of the 21 or 22 or whatever year it would be of that induction class. But see, then you can come back and say there's guys like, you know, you could argue Hulk Hogan could have went in by himself, and he didn't. And you've got other huge names that have been there over the years that didn't get that honor to, to be in that situation. I think you could definitely do a shorter version of the induction with a smaller class. In fact, I mean, you could even go twofold because I think we could all agree, too, that Kane's a Hall of Famer. Why not put the Brothers of Destruction in together, not as a team? Or you could induct them as a team and individually the same night. Why not? Make it a whole big thing where, I mean, I think you would, you know, it's hard to argue that them as a unit and feuding and everything was, I mean, a huge part of Undertaker's career and was a big deal in the Attitude Era. The reason that I say The Undertaker alone, and Adam, I'm going to let you, I want your thoughts on it as well. Undertaker has never been the one that's left Vince for the payday. Hogan has. Whether it be WCW, whether it be Impact Wrestling, Hulk Hogan has left for the payday. Other Shawn Michaels didn't. Bret Hart did. I know you could probably argue Shawn Michaels, but you know that there was some contention there between Michaels and Vince McMahon. In this documentary, he even said, if Vince calls in case of an emergency, break glass, I need you, saying ultimately to, to Vince, whether it's scripted, whether he meant it or not, Vince, if you need me, I'm here for you. I have your back. I like the idea of him going in solo and making a whole show, maybe in an hour or so, around The Undertaker and his career. He deserves that type of honor. I don't want to see that, though. Solely really? Be- That's shocking from you. Just solely because I, there's so many other people who I think deserve to get in. I hate to have a year where we really slow that train down even more. Um, and just and but like I said, he earned it because a lot of the reasons you just said he never really left um, Vince. Now WWE, he was WWE, yeah, yeah, he came from mm-hmm. WCW yep. to begin with, but then he got here and he never left in a time where there are a lot of people going after the payday. Maybe so more than being loyal. Shawn Michaels uh, obviously never left as well, um, but man, I think it's deserving. I just I rather have other people get in. Well, and. To John's point, if you do go the route of of Undertaker by himself, maybe maybe something we could get from this because I think we we talked. I don't know if me and John have talked about this in the past or not on the air, but I know that there's been a you know complaints over the years that the Hall of Fame that the induction ceremonies themselves a are too long and b or there's too many people that get inducted every year. It doesn't feel special. There's numerous people that have been inducted into the Hall of Fame that you could really make an argument maybe they didn't belong in there. Maybe you start something with the Undertaker going in by himself, whereas every year instead of it being a class of like seven or eight people, now you start getting you know, one to two, maybe three super well-deserving people going in there every year. And so the induction feels insanely special. You don't have to limit time on induction speeches anymore. You can, you know, have a moment like, you know, they've been really critical in having to limit those speeches. If you go back to like when Roddy Piper got inducted, I think the highlight of that night was Ric Flair's induction speech for Roddy Piper. And he wouldn't get that now. They wouldn't allow him that much time to tell the stories, the wonderful stories that he got to tell that night. So maybe you go that route. It's almost like Undertaker's deserving of something like that. You can make an argument for that. Absolutely. And you start something new for the Hall of Fame moving forward. Now, also going with that in terms of the Hall and the Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame, one of the things that's on the WWE Network, one of the, I guess, original content shows that they have that I really like, it's Table for Three, where they put three superstars together from a wide array of different eras, whether it be uh, NWO, where it's Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and uh, Sean Waltman, X-Pac. 
if they did a table for three, who Undertaker has not done one. They've done it with the with the super heavyweights. They've done it with the ladies, with the divas, whatever you want to call it, throughout the different eras. Who would be at? Who would be the other two that you would have at the table for three for the Undertaker? I know Kane is one of the easy answers for the second seat. Who's the third seat that you guys would have there with them, Adam? Uh, the urn with Paul Bear's ashes in him. <laughs> Took a dark turn. <laughs> the, the first wow. name that came to mind was Stone Cold, but I, we kind of got that when Stone Cold had him on his uh, podcast, podcast yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to waste a, two of the other seats. I, I agree. I guess Kane would definitely make sense. Maybe, it, and then maybe Mick Foley. I mean, they had a history together. Um, and if I'm wrong with Kane, feel free. I, I said, you know, obviously he looks like an obvious second seat. But if there's a second person there that you guys would have it was just an interesting thought that i had is i love watching it and what you see all the different dynamics that come on there and the way they put them together who would who would you have there because now that we're seeing the undertaker as less of the dead man more of mark gallows the human being who would be the other two people there for me if you're gonna look at maybe net maybe kane's not the obvious choice there maybe you go with the guys that are going to have, they had the longest tenure together and have been together the longest and can tell stories from back in the 90s and stuff. To me, put Shawn Michaels there with him and put Vince McMahon. That would be something we've never seen. Vince has never done anything like this. I think that would be interesting to see the three of them because, you know, through the 90s, other than Bret Hart, who was there? Who was the mainstay? You know, Bret eventually left. Shawn stayed even though he had the gap in time with his back uh, injury. But Undertaker, Shawn, and Vince have just been there for the last 30 years, all together in some way, shape, or form. To me, that would be an interesting topic, of, or at least an interesting conversation uh, for that show. Uh, for me, I am actually going to go with one person that I think you guys are going to think I'm crazy when I say the third person, Rikishi. Rikishi was a part of that faction with uh, The Undertaker. It was Kona Crush. It was that group that went to the back of the bus. They weren't like the... The 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 they weren't the Shawn Michaels and the Triple H's of the group. They were just drinking beer, hanging out. They were the guys that I can't even remember. Is it B? They had a BSK. Thank you. They had can't an acronym. Off the top of my head, what it stands for. But they had an acronym that worked with it. He was a part of that, and I think because honestly, I just found out about this faction maybe maybe four or five years ago. Maybe I'll give it six at best. I think that would be a unique dynamic of someone that I can't think of Rakishi having great matches or a match at all with The Undertaker, but knowing that they had that personal relationship, adding him into the equation would be someone that I would be intrigued to just see and just to see that personal relationship come out from him. Bone Street Crew. Thank you. Good call. I know these wrestling historians I work with. Did we hear about that on Bruce Pritchard's show first? Yeah, he's talked about it a few times. I don't know if that's where I heard it first, but he definitely talks about it. Yeah. well, you don't know where I heard it from. No, no, I'm saying that's Whoa. pretty sure that's where I heard it Whoa. from. You guys, the, uh, been, you guys been hanging out, leaving me out here? What are we doing here? I feel left out. Uh, Jim Ross, I think, has made uh, those that family of podcasts it comes up with. But what the family. faction was, and correct me if I'm wrong if I'm saying it right, it basically where you had the click, where you had mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, you had Triple H, Nash, you had those guys who would politic to get themselves ahead, so to speak, in the way that it was described to me and the way I read the article but then you had this group that just rode in the back of the bus. They drank beer. They were the fighters. They weren't the ones that went partying and clubbing. No, they were the ones that went partying and clubbing, yeah. mostly the strip clubs. But they didn't um. party and club like Shawn Michaels and that faction did, so to speak. Well, they also they were the guys backstage that just 
they didn't have to necessarily politic their way into anything. They basically had, especially because of the Undertaker, he just had respect there. So I don't think anybody wanted to mess with them. But you talked about whether they had a you know one of those uh, matches together. And the I'll say this: they did have one very memorable moment in a match together. The Cell, the Hell in a Cell. Kids, if you're listening to us and you don't know what we're talking about, go on the WWE Network. Armageddon 2000, six man Hell in a Cell. Undertaker choke slams Rikishi off the top of the cell onto the back of a pickup truck. Quite the visual. <laughs> As a 320 pound man flies through the air. Which he didn't really lift him up to choke slam him. He just kind of pushed him off, but still. It was incredible to see. So, I mean, obviously they had a great relationship because I don't know, you know, too many people I would trust to throw me off the top of a hell in a cell and me be okay. So, of course, I wouldn't do that anyway. But regardless, you got to have somebody that you're really close with that you're going to allow to do that. Who do you trust to throw you off the top of a shell in, cell into a back of a truck? Adam, same question for you. To push me off the top of a hell cell into a truck? Yeah. Loaded because it was like bales of hay in the back of it, if I remember correctly. Who do you guys trust to do that? I trust no one to do that, so that's just me. I mean, maybe my wife, but I don't think she could pull it off because, well, I'm a big dude and she's not really that big of a girl, so I don't think she's strong enough. Adam, I mean, you left Rachel, you know, at the uh, peasant line as you referred to she it. She may want to push me off. <laughs> exactly. So uh, maybe she I don't might. know if I trust her to do <laughs> so, it. So right, maybe we need to let that die down a little bit before. Uh, you, you go making that offer. I'll be there. Well, coming up on the finishing move, it has been a crazy week in the world of wrestling. Uh, basically, some people might need to make sure and double check their Twitter and any podcast that they've been on to make sure anything they said, it can and will be used against you some point in time. As well, for the Go Home Show, as we are going to pay honor to The Undertaker, I want you guys to start thinking about it. What's your favorite Undertaker match, your storyline, or feud? You can also join us, 404-741-1230, 404-741-1230, or you can follow us on social media. I'm at JohnRad450. Chris Colwell, where are you at this week? Still the same, at Bearded Colwell. And Road Dog, you stay the same, but who are you on social Road media? Road Dog 680. Isn't that like, don't we have a Twitter account too? But I don't think Road Dog and I remember the name of at it. At Wrestle Extra. You might change that next week. Wrestle Xbox. <laughs> on uh, Instagram. You're listening to the finishing move. You're listening to the finishing move on Extra 106.3. A to Z with Mark Zeno. Every afternoon from 3 to 6 p.m. All right, so I threw a poll up there on my Twitter account, at Mark Zeno. They're going to take away Paw Patrol as a cartoon. I'd like a replacement for my childhood. I threw out what I thought were kind of the most popular ones, Thundercats, He-Man, G.I. Joe, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Grant McCauley, who just joined us about 30 minutes ago, said the lack of Transformers is disturbing. It, it never turned me on. Chitara from Thundercats, she turned me on. Transformers, not so much. I mean, she's wearing leopard skin. How do you not like that? that, that? She's a leopard! I get it, but I'm just saying. Hey, anytime you put a female in leopard skin, it's attractive. Don't get mad at me. Don't judge me. Zeno is only on Extra 106.3 Atlantis Sports and Talk. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million.
And I received a call. I did not expect to hear the worst because I think she was very good at her job. Cheryl worked with her daughter Kristen who was killed in a highway work zone. My first day back and this older gentleman and he actually bumped into me and had to explain my daughter just died last week. When you approach a work zone, think of these real people. They're America's transportation workers, the beating heart of mobility. A reminder from the American Traffic Safety Services Foundation. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash otcpaininfo. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling. On Extra 106.3 FM. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3 FM. Live from Cobb County, Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, the bearded producer, and soon to be father. How many months out are we? We're under three months now. Wow. No, and yeah, under three months. We are under 90 days, so it's getting here pretty quick. So if we don't hear from the bearded Colwell for a few weeks, that lets you know that uh, he is now a proud father of a beautiful baby boy. boy. Sorry, I can't remember what the gender reveal was. It's okay. Because we weren't formally invited. Yeah, well, you know, there was the whole social distancing thing, and so we had to limit it to family. So, yeah. You don't consider us family? I mean, you're family, but, you know, it, you have a limit on how many. It had to be more immediate family. You don't consider us immediate family? Unfortunately, no. I mean, you, you didn't write Adam into the will? No, I did not. Oh, okay. What's well, been a crazy week in the world of wrestling this week? I, I don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you, because there have been so many stories that have come out. I guess we'll start with AEW and Sammy Guevara. Adam, how do you say his last name again? Because you had a hard time with it on the home team in Hamilton show earlier. Yeah, and then I just went with Sammy. That's what I suggest you do. <laughs> you went Guevara. You went Gewertz? Evidently, he came out on a podcast, and uh, he is a fan of Sasha Banks. He thinks she's a very beautiful woman. <laughs> he thinks she's a very... That's an understatement. <laughs> I, look, I'm, I'm stating facts. Tell me what I said that's factually inaccurate. Uh, so much so, he's such a fan of hers that... Uh, he said he would do things to her that are illegal in all 50 states. Well, I think uh, most of the world, I think, for the I, most I part. I think, actually, never mind. That's a different, we're getting <laughs> off topic. But uh, he said he would do some things to her against her will. He would rape her. Wow. Throwing stuff out Just there. outright yeah. said it. Right. Glad he He's said. not wrong. <laughs> it's just hard. I mean, look. I don't know if it was said tongue-in-cheek. I don't know if it was said in jest. Now, he said him and Sasha Banks have spoken, but he has been suspended from AEW. It's just one of those things. Adam, please be careful what you say on here because we really like this show and we don't want to see you suspended. He's gone quiet on us. 
I guess he doesn't oh, have anything. Did you have a question for me? Should he have tweeted that? No. Should he have said that or thought that? No. Sasha, Sasha Banks is a very beautiful woman, but there's other ways of going around to get her attention. Uh, the Spanish God could have tried. So I don't know. No, yeah, no. At no point, I was trying to figure out when he tweeted that. That's why I was. He said it. On, I thought it was on a podcast that he it, said oh, in 2016. Yeah. See, that's what I was. That it came day, out in so. 2016 on a podcast, and it just came up recently where someone went back through the archives and they found it. What have we said on the podcast that we might need to go back and edit? I don't think anything of that level. I think we're, okay. we're I think we're safe. Well, partially. I don't know. Oh, boy. There were some podcasts you two did together that I wasn't a part of. I don't know about those. Eh, those are probably safer. Except <laughs> that one. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, look, it is one of those things. And people have been coming out in, in what they've been calling hashtag a speak out movement. And we've even heard the likes of even someone like Keith Lee, who made who put out a uh, quote when he was in the Indies coming up, how he was once drugged and taken to a hotel. And there's memories that he doesn't have as he came to. He had all his clothes, he had all his bodily organs, but he doesn't know what might have happened. And ultimately, is AEW and WWE going to need to really take some serious action? Because these are men and women that spend quite a bit of time together, particularly if, if and when the world gets back to normal, when they make those tours overseas. Are they going to need to make extra steps, Chris, so they can set those things up to ultimately protect their superstars and protect from any liability that they might be susceptible to? Well, I think you nailed it on the head with just what you just said last there, the liability there. It's, I mean, these guys, they, I mean, you obviously see that there was allegations. There's nothing confirmed that we know of with Jack Gallagher, but guess what? He's gone now. He's been fired. Obviously not a big loss for WWE. He was just in the Cruiserweight division, but still... You know they they got on that pretty quick. They you know when the allegations in the the uh, allegations against Enzo More came out years ago, they got rid of him. They're not going to play any games with this, and they're not going to be the only company that done that. Impact's let jo- Joey Ryan go. You've seen them suspend Michael Elgin. Uh, it, these companies can't play around because ultimately, you know this is a, a especially in this social media world that we live in. There's going to be outraged folks out there that are going to voice their opinion. And if you don't jump on this, you're going to hear about it, and it's going to negatively affect your company. And it's just going to be one of those things where it's better to get ahead of it. Let these guys, you know, obviously you're going to investigate it, and these guys are going to be found to be either there's going to be enough evidence there, or there's not going to be enough evidence there, and they'll make a decision at that point. But it's almost safer to suspend at least suspend somebody in the interim, get them off TV, and that way if something does come of it, you go ahead and cut ties with them, whoever that may be. And just pretty much wash your hands of the situation because you don't want to have a situation where you've got, you know, they've got this issue with Jordan Devlin was one of the ones that was mentioned out there. And he's technically the NXT Cruiserweight champion. They have an interim champion right now because he's stuck in the UK. But you have a WWE champion under the banner that is has been implicated here. So it's a situation where you're almost better off wiping your hands of, of the situation altogether, taking the title off of somebody like that and, that way, if it does come out, okay, this person did do whatever this they're accused of. Now, you know who is this person? They're gone, and they you can't point to say, well, they were still champion or they were still f- heavily featured on TV. Now, but also, I mean, Adam and we, I think you and I talked about it, Chris. I can't remember if you were here or not when the Velveteen Dream, the accusations came out where he was trying to entice or seduce a minor. And ultimately, they wrote it in as an injury. We don't know, and I don't even know if the accusations were ever completely settled. Velveteen Dream has still been on television. He's still been out there. 
Adam, do you think something with just going as far as an allegation and even so much where tweets and texts have been shown that a Velveteen Dream has reached out to a minor, did WWE handle it appropriately? And do you think they'll handle it appropriately, particularly as stars get bigger and more popularity grows? Do you think they're always going to handle what's best for business? Uh, no, I don't think they will because I think the backlash could be too strong and a short-sighted, quick decision just saying, well, we can't take away our WrestleMania main event and bust that up because of, of something, uh, an allegation or something. I, You know, I, I don't know. It's um, I was just looking. I, you're talking about Dream. He's not off TV. AEW handled it very clean-cut and precisely and quickly once that came out. Uh, now, I expect Sammy to probably come back. I don't think he's going to be fired. Uh, so I don't know. Ultimately, it's like these guys have to – They, if the, him and Sasha have talked about it and she's mm-hmm. worked it out and she's forgiven him, then that's her place to forgive him, not mine or yours or whoever's to judge to judge him. And then, like I said, with home team in Hamilton this morning, uh, you know, people say stuff that is just dumb sometimes and it's unfortunate and sometimes that's on the recorded podcast and it gets put out there four years later during a a time where everybody is hypersensitive to a lot of stuff and his actions is what speaks louder than his words for me so if he can moving forward and you know there was a one time a a very bad joke made but he doesn't have any other history with that he he hasn't had issues since that he can show he's on you know, amended fences with Sasha or whoever that that person, uh, you know, upsets. I think there needs to be forgiveness in these cases. Now, something else that's come out, and we now have to cross companies. WWE announcer Ray Young, Ray Young, Renee Young has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Well, for you casual wrestling fans who don't know, Renee Young is married to John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose of WWE. He's currently the AEW champion. Now, ultimately, John Moxley is going to have to quarantine because he and he has been informed by the by AEW that he will have to quarantine. What does this do for AEW, Chris? Now that their champion, ultimately, they have to quarantine in that scenario, and you can see more of this because once again, it's a sport where you're together. You, we see it even just in the WWE with uh, Naomi and one of the Usos. I always forget which one. They're a married couple. Couples are married. Couples are dating. Ultimately, if one catches it, the other one will have to. Well, you would think so. And for AEW, this is a tough situation because you know they announced the John Moxley Brian Cage World Title match as part of Fighter Fest. The two night event will be on night two, which is July eighth. Now, if he started quarantining. Before Dynamite last night, we're not exactly sure when the quarantine began. We just got word that he would be quarantining two weeks out. Well, now would... they're they're taping night two after night one next week. Okay, well, then that creates an issue because he's not going to be able to be a part of the show. What they will do in that situation, that's an interesting question to figure out for them. I mean, could they perhaps tape night two after night one but leave that one match untaped, bring everybody back the following week? tape that one match earlier in the day, turn it around to air that night while taping the following week's Dynamite. I mean, there's some things that they could do, but right now you almost need to err on the side of caution, maybe give them even longer in a quarantine situation. That way you be careful. You don't want him coming back too soon. Maybe you just figure out a way to – I mean, it's not like it's a pay-per-view. It's a live TV special. You know, Folks are looking forward to the match, but you can easily have it down the road. It doesn't have to happen 
at Fighter Fest, I think you'd be better off not having that match. I think your second solution there is the one that I would go with if them. The first one of bringing everybody back two weeks out and, and trying to tape it and get it in and, and whatever. That very, sounds very complicated and, and costly and, 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 and you know very uh, out of the way uh, for an audience that would understand that if John Moxley was, you know, has coronavirus, maybe we shouldn't rush into a match that was advertised. Uh, what's it always say at the bottom? Card subject to change. We'll be okay with that as wrestling fans and understanding. Uh, so I think your second solution there is the one that they should and probably will go with. Um, you know, it's 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 okay. They'll just bump. You know, just push that match down the road wherever they do it, and and we'll get. Now they only have four pay per views a year. So I don't know if you hold on to that match now for a whole nother um, cycle for pay-per-views. That would that could be a long way to go. Uh, but, I mean, as, even as of last night, though, on Dynamite, they were acting as if the match was going to happen. And they were aware of his situation and know what his situation is uh, at that point last night. So who, who knows? Maybe they know something we don't know. But... Um, you know, if they standard the 14 policy, you would think that match would be off. You would think so, but again, I mean, we don't know exactly when he began his quarantine. So it could have been a thing where it happened this past weekend and they just didn't announce it. Well, if Renee so, tests a positive Monday, well then, you know, then you would have to start from Monday, correct? I assume. Yeah, I didn't would know be the, the date. policy. I'm going to have to go with you on that one. That's when she tested positive, so you would have to start it there from there. That's what I would think. Because that's when you were made aware of it. So yeah. ultimately, that's where you will have to start it from. Now, WWE has been facing people come, more and more people coming down with COVID-19. We've seen that uh, Kayla Braxton, she said this is actually her second bout with it, and there have been producers that have come down, and more and more people have been coming down with it. Would you guys, and do you think the WWE will hold it against any superstar that just decides? Because that's ultimately, and correct me if I'm wrong, was one of Roman Reigns' things. Was, was his, uh, he, he's highly susceptible to it. He has a young child in his home, so he didn't want to do it. Uh, there's been reports that have come out about how quickly Kevin Owens immediately left the uh, training facility once the reports came out. Would you, Adam, hold it against any superstar? And do you think the WWE will hold it against any superstar that might make that decision of, you know what, it's just not worth it and I need to take some time away? No, I, I wouldn't hold it against him. Now, well, Vince, I don't know. That's a whole different story. I don't think he will. I think he is uh, you know, smart enough to understand the circumstances we're going through, although Roman Reigns ended up breaking up one of his main events at WrestleMania. Now, luckily, it wasn't like any other WrestleMania we've had. He probably had to do a lot of rewriting once uh, he wasn't able to do the title switch from Goldberg to um, to Roman. Uh, instead, we got it on um, McIntyre. Uh, no, yeah, yeah Strowman. No, Strowman. Strowman. I'm sorry, Strowman yes. for SmackDown. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm sure he was not happy at the moment he got that phone call the first time. Uh, but I'm sure he will be understanding. And from what I understand, with the Kevin Owens situation, they have been very understanding. Well, you honestly, as a especially the fan, if you're seriously sitting at home. Angry at a Roman Reigns, at a Kevin Owens, any of these, any of the wrestlers, Sami Zayn, who have chosen to stay home because they want to take care of their family and they don't want to expose themselves. If you seriously have a problem with that, you need to reevaluate your morals and your values yourself at this point. Because come on now, this is not a situation where, you know, it's an everyday normal situation. You are put, there is danger out there. You know, we're, tr- as a society, we're all trying to get back to a, as some semblance of a nor- uh, normalcy here, but at the same time, this isn't just every day, you know, go out there and do your thing. So if you seriously got a problem with 
anybody from WWE that would step back at this point or AEW that choose to, you know, I'm going to stay home because my family's more important than my job at this point. And as even as a company, you you have to respect that because again, it's not an everyday situation. And it's not like you're like you're not going and doing live shows out here and drawing a huge crowd at, at arenas. You're barely, you know, you're putting a few people from the company out there at the Daily Center down there in Jacksonville, and you're putting some NXT trainees in the Performance Center and at Full Sail University for NXT. You're not. It doesn't really make a difference to your business model right now, other than ratings. And let's be honest, TV ratings have been down in general during this entire pandemic anyway. You're, there's nothing, no reason to hold it against anybody. And, uh, you know, at this point, you let whoever wants to stay home, stay home and take care of their family. That way, when this is all done, they come back and, you know, nobody's healthy and, or everybody's healthy and nobody's upset about how they were treated. Speaking of TV, let's go over the top ropes. So if you guys were watching Friday Night Smackdown, as they have been going through this storyline with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, Sheamus wanted Jeff Hardy to take a drug test. Well, he did, and then ultimately he threw his urine in Sheamus's face. Well, evidently, WWE, they're kind of in breach of contract with the Fox Network, where in their contract, it states that it would be more of the fighting and combating type material that they would have and less of things of this nature. And the Fox Network, they haven't really put out any formal statement yet, but it has come out that they're in breach of contract as of right now. And with the ratings not exactly being where the Fox expected, do you think that the WWE, Adam, as you're the king of ratings for amongst us, do you think this could result in anything taking place between Fox and the WWE Network? As far as uh, them like kicking them off, no. Ratings have not been great, but they have been good in the standards of what uh, Raw is looking for. I think they're still one of the top ones. Uh, most Friday nights. Uh, I mean, not overall, but they, they do well. Um, it's So, no, I don't see this ruining the relationship. If something was going to ruin the relationship, it was the turd that just got canceled on Tuesday nights uh, <laughs> that would make them upset uh, that Renee Young was on. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, what a week for that poor lady. Yeah, that's what she tweeted yeah. out earlier. I'm having a bad week. My show got canceled, and I just tested positive for COVID. Um, so, you know, yeah, no, I don't... I don't Maybe they'll talk with them. But in my opinion, you need some storyline. You know, maybe you don't need the urine in the face and, and limos blowing up and that kind of storyline. But you got to have some off-screen storylines to help progress the in-ring storylines. Yeah, well, why don't you avoid storylines such as that, which were in poor taste to begin with, with, you know, basically exploiting Jeff Hardy's uh, off, off-screen off issues with DUIs and whatnot. There's no reason to go that route anyway. But, you know, you do need some Gaga and some of that storyline stuff to go with the in-reaction. So that's fine. It's just there's a better way to do it than to go to that extreme, especially when you're on a network. It's not like you're on USA. You're on broadcast television. You almost have to be you're held to a little bit of a better st- or higher standard, at least, when you're talking about traditional broadcast television. I don't think they're going to get booted off of uh, Fox, but if they were to... If they were to ever address that, I don't think that they would. I feel like Fox would fulfill the entire contract, but maybe there's a situation where they look into it as, oh, maybe you guys would be better suited on FS1 as opposed to Fox on Friday nights. That's the only thing I could see happening. Well, speaking of which, you made mention of the USA Network and and where ultimately Raw lives. USA Network has come out and they said they're not very thrilled with the fact that Paul Heyman, who was a part of the... I can't disrespect him and say he was a part of the uncreative team because... He was one portion of it. 
But Paul Heyman ultimately has, is no longer a part of the Raw creative team, and the USA Network is not very pleased about it. Chris, with Heyman being gone, and ultimately now we're talking about the flagship, where Raw has lived for years. I don't think it'll affect the relationship, but if we don't see a turnaround very quickly, could we see some changes where Raw might have to make some moves? I mean, it's certainly possible, but I, it, it, there's been numerous disagreements with USA Network over the years with WWE. I mean, I don't think USA Network was particularly happy with the content there in the Attitude Era, but the one, you know, the one thing you could point to is look at the ratings; they're through the roof, so they couldn't really complain that much. But I don't see anything happening bad there. I, I will say this, you know, watching Raw this week, and I'm a big fan of Paul Heyman. I think he's a very creative guy, but I'll say this: for some reason, I don't know if it's just that. Maybe the show just, maybe the, the pre-planning and, and your creative beforehand was just smoother drawing out the show. It just felt like the smoothest, maybe the best brawl that I've seen in months with Bruce Pritchard running the ship now. That's just me personally, but I mean, you know, the USA Network's going to be upset. They obviously thought Heyman could do something in that role, but Bruce Pritchard's a creative guy too. So, you know, maybe this is you know, a situation where they're a little upset, but they'll get over it pretty quick. Now, Adam, I know you you follow Bruce Pritchard heavily. We've had him on the show. What do you think that Bruce Pritchard will do with the USA Network, with Raw and being on the USA Network? And will this just be a blip on the radar where USA will say, you know what, we love Paul, but we're happy to have Bruce? I think so, because they have had a relationship with Bruce before in his uh, previous WWE tenure. Uh, so they, uh, I'm sure there are still some people around who were probably around when Bruce was before then. Um, so I'm sure there's some familiar, familiarity. Those three-syllable words get you every time. So with uh, with Bruce, that might make some people comfortable. And ultimately, uh, it should all come down to the uh, product that's put on. If he puts on a good product, who cares who the person is delivering it as long as it's a good product? I agree, and I think actually part of this, this is my own opinion. I have no source on this. I think part of it was someone who was just a fan of what Paul Heyman had put on from the AEW era. I'm AEW from the ECW era and back in the day. And it was just, we love what he's done. We know what he's done. It's easily, it's comfortable. And me as an executive, I don't have to watch it. I don't have to look at it. I can move on. And now that he's gone, okay, I have to watch this again. I got to pay closer attention to it. Uh, NXT, they beat Dynamite in the ratings. Now, Road Dog, like I said, you watch ratings very closely. Did it surprise you that this week in watching both, I don't know if you watch NXT, WWE, NXT, and AEW Dynamite, did it surprise you that NXT won this week? And now with the events that have transpired with COVID-19 and ultimately superstars from AEW being under suspension, do we see NXT making a turn and being more into this two-team race of the Wednesday Night Wars? Well, we've seen them beat them a couple times before, but then they just are blips on the radar. Uh, the next week, usually, NXT takes back over, and I would expect that. Uh, I'm sorry, AEW takes back over, and I would expect that to happen again since they're giving a pay-per-view on free TV uh, next the next two weeks. Um, at least next week when it's live live, and then when they record uh, week two, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I just look at it as a blip on the radar. And, 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 yes, NXT did win overall, but AEW still won in the 18-49 to 49 demographic. Uh, and us here at radio, we know sometimes you do want certain demographics, and that is one that's uh, probably at the top of both lists. And if you follow Chris Jericho on Twitter, where uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey made a joke where they're better than uh, the team of Chris Jericho and uh, Sammy, 
And he did reply with that saying, this is the demographic that we won in as well. But Chris, which one did you watch and which one did you prefer this week? Was it Dynamite or NXT? And which one are you going to first? And Adam, I'll ask you the same question next. I normally will go Dynamite, but last night I was watching NXT and I'll tell you why. I was very intrigued with the North American Championship Triple Threat main event. I wanted to see who was going to come out of that because honestly you could see you know, two. I really could see two major matchups coming out of that for the winner-take-all match with Adam Cole. It's either Keith Lee's going to get the big push here, which I think is deserved, or you get a big Finn Balor-Adam Cole matchup, and I was really interested to see where they would go with that. So I was glued to that. Now, I will admit I did have Dynamite up on my laptop to my right, kind of keeping an eye on it, but to me it looked like overall Dynamite was really just pushing towards Fighter Fest and NXT just offered some bigger matchups last night, ultimately ultimately leading to what they have now scheduled, a Great American Bash, Bash two-night special going head-to-head with Fighter Fest. Uh, Road Dog, which one did you watch first? Which one do you tune in first now? I, I just automatically go to AEW first. I did last night as well, and then I watch uh, NXT and the... Uh on the TiVo, I guess, or the Genie, or whatever it is exists. you have. It does, actually. It TiVo does, does I, still I exist. I know, like, there's on-demand. I have on-demand, yeah, so I don't, like, uh, have TiVo to record. actually, I don't have it. I'm just kidding. But TiVo does actually still exist. That's funny. Uh, so um, I watched AEW first, and, I mean, it's a go-home show, so they're not going to have big, big matches. They're building towards the – that's why they're building towards the pay-per-view. It's the last one before the paper, said pay-per-view. Uh, so, uh, you know, and uh, I am trying to work my way down to Jacksonville for – next week really uh dynamite slash fighter fest i've already been told that if i want in i can get in so that part is taken care of uh and i am hopefully this time next week when i return i will have um some uh, uh personal insight on what it's like at being a fan in rest in the wrestling scenes these days and particularly now where we're seeing plexiglass where we're seeing limited amounts of people there hopefully uh we will keep you in prayer that you don't have to be quarantined for 14 days because not. We, we would miss you. Well, coming up, it's one of my favorite parts of the show. It's time for the Go Home Show. We have a little bit of extra time that I wanted to dedicate to this because, like I said, we wanted to show some love to The Undertaker, who we're going to say has gone on the last ride and he is going to retire from wrestling. And the question for you guys out there in Radio Land, boy, that sounds an old cheesy one, Radio Land. What's your favorite Undertaker match of all time you can join us on twitter or you can call us 404-741-1230 404-741-1230 you're listening to the finishing move on extra 106.3 home team in hamilton weekdays 9 a.m till noon you can tell siri while you're being pulled over hey siri i'm getting pulled over and it opens up the camera. Wow, that's exciting, home team. It's called the police shortcut. If you have it set on your phone, you don't even have to have your phone. Well, you can't ride with your phone in your hand. Right, BJ? Yeah, don't get a double whammy. BJ had a, a, a an incident, a, a lapse in judgment. And <laughs> I was moving my phone to get to my coffee cup. Why is it so hard to throw your hand up on this? Have you met him? <laughs> Goodness, I mean... Wrong is wrong is wrong. Home team in Hamilton, exclusively on Extra 106.3, Atlantis Sports and Talk. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, 
You must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by common ground alliance here's farmer and businessman james wood we farm about 3500 acres there's pipelines everywhere the contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline fortunately no one was hurt but it could have been much worse Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition. And Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the finishing move on Extra 1063 live from Cobb County. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, and the bearded producer and soon to be father Chris Colwell. Well, I left a little bit of extra time because it came out in the last ride. The Undertaker he could be he could be hanging um, hanging him up. He could be putting the boots up. So for one of my favorite segments of the show, it's time for the go home show. Go home. That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. And the question of the night to you, Adam. What is your favorite Undertaker match of all time? This is easy. Uh, Undertaker versus Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> we will be looking for a third <laughs> member of the finishing move. You can email. <laughs> all right. Uh, Brothers of Destruction versus DX in Saudi Arabia. Wow. Just don't like this whole wrestling thing, do you? <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I, I I am bad. Maybe I'm just trying to escape the question, but it's hard for me to go back and just think of wow, this one match because there's just so many moments. Uh, in what's your, ma- fa- what's your within matches? Moment, yeah, I, I mean, I think we talked about this before, uh, and it's so cheesy, and y'all will probably crap on it because it was cheesy. But at the time, as a kid, uh, you know, just like the storyline of uh, Yokozuna beating the Undertaker in the casket match for the first time, and him going up into heaven or whatever Bruce Pritchard wants to say he was going up into. <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 that. It's the Undertaker versus Undertaker. Because I was still a little kid when I was watching that stuff or young enough to believe it uh, <laughs> when I was watching it. Like, the Undertaker's dead. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I loved it. Like my daughter, we were watching that show on Netflix today. Have y'all heard about it? Floor is Lava? Yes. Okay, uh, yes, well, I'm so you, 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 the game that we played as kids is now a TV show game. But my oh. daughter came over to me today and said, 
is that real lava they're falling into? But you know, it's just that it's just that impressionable young age, and I really believed all that stuff of the Undertaker uh, at that time. And that's what made him so great. Was you know, throughout the years, you you heard the the stories. They broke character where you know, who was it? Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik were busted in a car doing things. Uh, Coke and marijuana. Yeah, you might want to. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Finish that sentence. No, I didn't. I liked it leaving it right there. Uh, Chris, what is your favorite Undertaker moment or Undertaker match? I can tell you right now what the match is, and it's easy. It's Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. It's arguably the best match I've ever seen, period. I I have a hard time racking my brain trying to think of, you know, any competition for just that that honor being the best match ever. But And definitely it's not Edge and Orton are not that from Backlash. The greatest match ever very well could be Undertaker, Shawn Michaels for WrestleMania 25. I will say this for a moment. Now, I started watching wrestling at the, basically as the Monday Night Wars were starting to tip towards WCW's end. I mean, by then, uh, actually the Finger Poke of Doom episode of Nitro was the first wrestling show I ever watched. And so I never got to really see the Dead Man Undertaker, the true, you know, not, not the... Uh, what was the uh, the Ministry of Darkness version that was there in '99? I you know that was kind of different to me. That, seeing the original Dead Man, I didn't get to see live until he made his return after being the American badass for so long at WrestleMania 20 when he came out. You know, with with Paul Bearer back, it was a big moment. It was WrestleMania 20. It was a huge deal. 20 years they were in New York, Madison Square Garden. That just gave me chills. When the, the gong hit, the music came down, he you know, comes walking down all slow after watching him, you know, be just a regular guy riding a bike for, you know, four years at that point. To see him as the dead man, you know, for the first time really live like that was a really cool moment for me. Uh, for me, uh, ironically, it is with Shawn Michaels, but it's In Your House Bad Blood. It's the first ever Hell in a Cell, and it actually introduces us to Kane. As Paul Bearer had been talking about the Undertaker's brother that was still out there, he was still alive, he was in the fire that the Undertaker had set, Kane comes down in the mass and the match, the arena turns red. First of all, the match between Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker, and like I said, the first ever Hell in a Cell. That was to me, it's one of those moments in wrestling that we now get the Hell in a Cell matches. The what we saw, what uh, a match that where we used to see. I, this was around the time I remember the steel cage match with the blue pipes. That, that was your steel cage match. Now you got this. And then the ring turns red. The arena turns red. And you see Kane come down. He rips the door off or as much as you can rip off a door that's kind of propped to go up that way. It was one of those things that it set up so many other things that took place and transpired in wrestling. Outside of the match just being a really good match, all the other things that transpired into it. Like I said, the introduction of Kane, the Brothers of Destruction, more matches with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker that... Honestly, all of them, there are none of them that I can sit here and I'm just like outside of, you know, Saudi Arabia against the X. Um, there aren't any there that are just kind of those moments of like, oh, my goodness. Um, so that was a huge one. Uh, the moment for me that I think of was it Mankind on top of Hell in the Cell where he goes through. And the, the reason this becomes a moment, Undertaker not flinching. As he went through, lands on attack, because he wasn't supposed to fall through on that one, I later found out. And him going back, watching it now, and watching him never flinch, never bat an eye, it was one of those things of like, they did not break character, but boy, how do you have a conversation about that when you go backstage? You're like, hey, man, I didn't know you were supposed to fall through at that point in time. My bad. 
it's just one of those things, and I know there's probably easily 10 more if we sat and thought about it long and hard. We could probably come up with 10 more moments in time that The Undertaker has put into us. Well, and if you looked at who maybe his greatest rival was, not necessarily who his greatest match was, but who who did he have the best series of matches with? Is it Shawn Michaels? Is it Triple H? I mean, I always I, I thoroughly enjoyed the Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania with Triple H and Undertaker at, was that 28 with Shawn Michaels as the referee. Shawn Michaels' greatest acting job I think I've ever seen in a wrestling match when Undertaker kicks out after taking Sweet Chin Music and the Pedigree. Great storytelling, great match. I mean, is it Mankind? Is it Kane? There's so many, you know, great opponents he had over the years. It's not Giant Gonzalez, obviously. I, th- I think he still hasn't forgiven WWE for that. But, I mean, it's, you know, Undertaker's just spanned so long and had so many great opponents. It's hard to kind of narrow that one down. And yeah, I think that's a tough one. I mean, you would argue, you would initially, I think, go to a, a Kane or a Shawn Michaels. Um, I think you could throw Mankind in there, uh, the Mick Foley characters. Stone Cold really didn't have a lot of um, memorable uh, runs with him, I wouldn't say. They obviously had matches. I don't think they had good chemistry. Or Every even, time they had matches, they just didn't click. Or even, I don't, nothing really comes to mind when I think of Rock uh, Undertaker, you know, either. So Shawn Michaels and Triple H are definitely two. I think Kane or Mankind uh, were good ones, too. All, any of those four would easily be the best one. I mean, I think the only thing from Undertaker's career that I think, you know, he would probably want to forget, and I would want to forget it for him, uh, was when he starred in Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan. And he get on there with the high-pitched, squeaky voice as they were the bounty hunters trying to find him? Yeah, I think that's the only thing from him. I mean, when you just go through the list of accolades that, you know, he's a WCW Tag Team Champion, World Heavyweight Champion, WWE, WWF, four-time champion, hardcore champion, World Tag Team Champion, six-time Royal Rumble winner, Lammy Award winner 12 times. What can you say bad about him? And do we think that we'll ever get someone who will carry a gimmick as great as he has? I think the era of that kind of commitment to a gimmick is gone, and I think he is the last of that era. Yeah, I agree. Those type of gimmicks are definitely gone, and uh, definitely for that long. And it is someone that I think we'll miss because, we, like Adam said, I think we all grew up in some shape, form, or fashion watching The Undertaker wrestle. We'll greatly miss him. But... We will continue to be here next week as we will come back as Adam heads down to AEW. Hopefully we don't have to quarantine him for 14 days. Chris Colwell, hopefully uh, we will have him back because we just never know with him. And I will for sure be here because, well, I'm Big John Radcliffe. For my tag team partners, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, you've been listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3 FM live from Cobb County.